When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Something that had not unfolded in the NBA in the history of that great league. That is a 60, a 20, a 10, triple-double. Now, look, you got to understand, a triple-double is a great accomplishment, but let's be honest. You watch the NBA. Uh, it's about as physical as me and my wife going to bed at night. Yeah, you know, it just doesn't go that route. So, But anyway. The NBA does like themselves some grandiose performances, and I do too. I got to tell you, 60, 21 rebounds, and 10 assists. Now, you say to me, you say, oh, man, that's great, but why is this guy so good? Why is he so good? I'm going to get into that in a minute. But first, Dylan and Ryan and the boys – because we couldn't show the actual video, we want to give you a screenshot of what Luka Doncic actually said after the game. And, well, he's just a man of the people. Our man, the great Luka Doncic, needs what every man needs after a game, and that is a recovery beer. That's right. He needs a recovery beer. I'm tired as hell. I need a recovery beer. Who doesn't need a recovery beer? Yesterday, I went and did the show. Then I went, took a walk, took the dog for a mile walk. Then I played four games of pickleball. It's a tough life, I know. Then I went into the weight room, <clears throat> excuse me, and did what they call a weight loss workout on an elliptical for 30 minutes. It was hills. It was hard. Don't at me. And then I did a 10-minute Peloton workout because, well, these puppies – these puppies need to keep refreshed. I went back, my wife, my daughter, my stepdaughter, they were all at the pool. And they said, Dad, you need a recovery drink. I said, I sure do. And I thought they were going to hand me a Celsius. Maybe they were going to hand me a muscle milk. You know what they got for me? I don't know the name of it, but it's a combination daiquiri and pina colada. And I got to tell you, that's what I'm talking about. That's what my bulk, my Balkan brother and I totally understand. Sometimes you need a recovery booze. <laughs> you just do. But let's talk about why Luka Doncic is so great. You know, there are very few players in the NBA, and you're not going to hear anybody really talk about this. There are very few players in the NBA that can make every shot. There are very few players in the NBA that can make every play. Now, I'm not talking about dribble 16 times between their legs, spin around, flip it up, and make a shot. A lot of guys can do that, and if they go on a park, they can certainly do that. But here's why Luka Doncic is so good. The game is very simple to Luka Doncic. The ball goes up, he goes after. I want you to think about that. Ball goes up, he goes after. Watch how many times you see an NBA player standing in the corner. Watch how many times you see a guy, doesn't matter who it is, not go after an offensive rebound, not go after a defensive rebound. Ball might come to him, caught rebounding out of the area. This is your area. Your area is basically your shoulders up to here. 
Call it rebounding out of your area. You go to one side. You go to the other. You rebound out of your area. Doncic just makes it simple. He goes after the basketball. And when you go after the basketball and others don't, you get rebounds. He goes after the basketball. If he's inside the three-point line, let me go another direction. Name me a shot. And this is tough. I'm going to go the offensive side. Name me a shot Doncic can't make. Why don't you think about that for a second? Name me a shot Doncic cannot make. You see the reactions coming in. He can make every shot. And as, and as Cuban says, it was amazing last night. But here's the why. The why is he can make every shot. You want to pull up, he can make it. You want a three, he can make it. You want a tough shot, somebody in the face, he can make it. A lot of guys can make them occasionally. He makes There's a difference between a guy when you ask your assistant coach, hey, look, is the guy a shooter? Well, he can make shots. No, no, no. A shooter is when you are surprised that the man misses a shot. And that's what Luka Doncic is. You're surprised when he misses. And I don't care if it's one of those step backs. Michael Jordan became a guy that can make every shot. Not many guys can. Kobe couldn't. Then he became a guy that found his spot, and he could. But I'm telling you, at 23 years old, we've not seen nothing like Luka Doncic except for Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson at 23 years old could do everything on a basketball court. The difference is Magic Johnson was not a shooter. He was a baller. He was a player. Doncic is a baller. He's a player, but he can make every shot. Now think about what I'm saying here. Just think for a second. Why is he so good? Well, he goes after every ball. Isn't that simple? He can make every shot. A lot of guys talk about, I got to get to my spot. A lot of guys talk about, I got to get to the right block, left block, right wing, top of the key. He doesn't have a spot. I'll give you something else. I'll give you something very, 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 very simple. He can use both hands. A lot of guys can't use both hands. There's no scouting report on Luka Doncic. People can act like there's a scouting report on Luka Doncic. There's no scouting report on Luka Doncic. He can go left hand, he can go right hand, he can go inside, he can go outside, he can do whatever you want. And I got to tell you, that's rare. Because everybody has a scouting report. Everybody has something. But that's the why. Last thing, like LeBron James, even though he's a high-volume scorer, even though he he makes the right basketball play. Now, sometimes he becomes a pig with the basketball. We've all seen that. Every great player becomes a pig with the basketball. But he makes the right play. He will pass it to you if you're open. A lot of guys don't make the right play. A lot of guys, you look at their teammates and they're like, hey, but this is so simple for Doncic. Just think about it. It goes after the ball. Next time you watch it. Watch him go after the basketball. Watch how many times he's coming at the ball and opponents coming at the ball and he gets lower and he grabs the basketball. It happens all the time. Watch the position he puts himself to get a couple offensive rebounds a game. Watch not only the tough shots that he makes, which are spectacular. I mean, he makes them deep spinning, whatever. But also watch the not-so-seemingly tough shots, the floaters, the touch shots. The baseline pull-up, the shot where I got to hit the top of the backboard and drop it in. He's a terrific layup shooter. It's fascinating to watch. You're not going to get this anywhere else. You're not going to get anybody telling you the why. We tell you the why on this show because the why is important. 
And it seems very simple, but I've studied, Luke. And what I've just told you, absolute. You know, it's like this. You ever see some guys whose lines in basketball are, I don't know, they have a big game, six for eight. You know, seven of those shots are threes. One rebound more than a dead man. Not many. And then you see other guys that are always involved. You see other guys that are digging the ball. You see other guys that run down a rebound. Doncic has all of the best with the second thing that I said. He runs down the rebound. He chases. It's unbelievable. And it is very, very fun. And as you see in those pictures, he is an enthusiastic teammate. The pictures also showed him falling sideways, elbow under the ball. He's so incredibly taut. But I'm telling you, the why on Luca, he chases the ball. How simple is that? I don't know what to tell you. He chases the ball down. Well, you want me to tell you? But he does. So many guys stand. He'll go get it. So many guys are pigs. He's a pig, but he'll get it to the teammate when it's necessary, when it's the right basketball play. All right. I got to tell David Hookstead's going to join us coming off of a massive win yesterday with Wisconsin. But I love bowl season. I want you to look at me right now. Right now. Tell me you don't love bowl season. I'm going to tell you why. I've said this before. I'll say this again. I won't stop saying it. I like 2 o'clock games. I like noon games. Today I got Duke and UCF leading into three other games after it, and it basically ends at midnight. Am I going to watch all of them? No, but I can. Am I going to bet all of them? No, but I can. It's like when I was a kid and there was afternoon baseball in the playoffs. We were like, oh, this is the greatest. We get to come home and we get to watch Bud Harrelson and Pete Rose fight. It's unbelievable. It's freaking awesome. But let me go a little deeper into this. Did you know Buffalo had 17 players that said, screw it? This is Buffalo. Now, you got to understand something. When players leave the MAC, it's not like you're replacing them with great players. I remember talking to Roy Williams one time. I think Roy had it. Maybe it was Dean Smith, but I was talking to Roy about it. They get all their players hurt, so you know who they bring up in basketball to play? You know a guy named Julius Peppers, like an all-time pass-rushing athlete in the NFL? Yeah, they bring him up. Him up. You know who you bring up when you're at Bowling Green in the mat? Cole Magner, pasty white kid, Anchorage, Alaska. He ain't Julius Peppers, baby. So Buffalo loses 17 players. Buffalo just goes and beats Georgia Southern. Nah, just beats them. And what do they care? We got 17 players out. We're just going to keep playing. Let me give you the best story, although it's weird and I couldn't have done it. Grayson McCall. Grayson McCall is a three-time Sunbelt Player of the Year. Grayson McCall is the man. Grayson McCall is going to be, now that he's in the portal, he plays for Coastal Carolina, Grayson McCall is going to be next to Sam Hartman, the guy. I got to get Grayson McCall. Well, Grayson McCall said, screw it. And I don't necessarily blame him. I get it, buddy, and all that kind of stuff. But Grayson McCall, the quarterback for Coastal Carolina, said, ah, screw it. I'm going in the portal, but I'm playing. Now, I got to tell you, that's why I like bowl season. Weird things are happening. As a player, I'd be like, dude, you quit on us, and now you want to play. But players don't think like that. As a coach, I'd be like, dude, you quit on us. I ain't playing you. But that ain't the way players think. It's just not. They don't think that way. Coaches don't think that way. They understand the modern way. That's why people ask me, you ever going back into coaching? I couldn't. 
How can I go back into coaching with that mentality? But you know what happens? Grayson McCall gets hurt. Now, I've read where people say karma. That's just stupid. That's not karma. That's just playing hard and he got hurt. But then a guy named Holton, Allers, Aylers, I don't know. I'm watching him. He looked like a combination Tim Tebow, Kenny Stabler. Left-handed, big, strong dude. All he did was throw for five touchdown passes for East Carolina. All he did was uh, throw for 300 yards, rushed 37 times, caught a pass, taught Arthur Murray dancing, made all his own clothes. He's a whiz in the kitchen. How about that? How about Ohio State's an underdog in a game? We don't see that very often, but they are. And they say they're cool with it. I love bowl season. Do you have an option of not being cool with it? Yeah, we're not cool with it. Okay. If I lined up all the teams in Texas and I said, one, two, three, Texas, Texas A&M, Texas Tech, you know, we got all these schools. And I said to you four years ago, name me the team that's going to be first into the college football playoff. Would you have said Texas Christian, TCU? Maybe. But I don't think so. I don't. I do not think so. Both season's cool, man. Like, I don't know who's going to win. It's probably half impossible to bet, but I have to give a shout-out. When people make bets, and I'm going to ask David Hookstead this in a minute. When people make bets or they make picks on TV and they're wrong, everybody whines at them. Everybody complains to them. Everybody's like, well, look at that board on Sunday Night Football. Everybody took the Colts and they got spent. A shout-out to my friend Greg McElroy. I'm watching the pregame after a workout, after whatever the drink was my, my peeps gave me, and the pregame show, and McElroy, who I love, says, they ask him, you're not broadcasting the game, so you can give a pick. He goes, yeah, I got Eastern Car- East Carolina by 10. And he said it with such conviction. The host, I, I think it was Matt Bear, said, well, you don't have to give the point spread. He goes, well, I'm giving it to you. It's 10. So I went and bet the living crap out of it. So Greg McElroy, you continue to be the man. Speaking of the man, the man is not David Hookstead. The man is not, ladies and gentlemen, Luke Fickle. The man got his due at the end of the game, Jim Leonard, last night. Are you okay, David? Are you are you okay? I know it was a big win last night, start of a new era. You are on Wisconsin. Are we good this morning? I'm doing great this morning, Dan. Thanks for having me on. You know, we had some rough winter travels through Christmas, but I came back to D.C. The Badgers got a big win. I got to be honest with you, on behalf of Wisconsin fans everywhere, it was a very classy gesture, a very classy move to bring Leonard up one last time so the whole stadium could go crazy for him. They're chanting his name. Very touching, and it shows that Fickle understands he stepped into a situation where he's replacing a guy that has great respect within the fan base. Yeah, I thought that was really good. What would you think of the team? All of a sudden, we got a quarterback. We can throw the ball Wisconsin? What? Yeah, it's hard for me to really gauge this, right? We're missing a bunch of players. They were missing a bunch of players. We go with uh, Chase Wolf, the senior, who had thrown, I think, you know, 11 passes combined all year with the other backup. Look, I like Chase Wolf. He played well. We were up 24-7 at one point. We moved the ball on the ground through the air. He did throw one horrific interception. But I don't think he's going to stay with the program. I think he'll leave. So it was, again, nice to see him, too, step in, kind of get his due. He paid, you know, four years on the bench, gets to start a bowl game, gets a big win. They look good, but, again, hard to know how serious to take it. 
Yeah, you know, it is amazing because I just mentioned, like, Buffalo won without 17 of their players. You know what I mean? Like, the quarterback for Coastal Carolina is transferring, but he's starting. You know, the whole thing for me, being an old fat guy, is very, very odd to me. Being, you know, an old school guy, it's like, man, all right, who's playing in this game? Who's the quarterback? I don't know. But I will say this. I thought Fickle did – I wanted to talk to you about this. Um, Luke Fickle, I thought he did a smart thing. And I, and I always said I would do this. It, when a guy comes into a program, he usually at the bowl game sits up top. And he kind of evaluates and acts like the grand poobah, the grand master. You know, he was there on the sideline. And for me personally – I want to be on the sideline. I want to read faces. I want to see body language. I want to see where we're at here. I thought that was a good move, a rare move by Luke Fick. Oh, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, look, we've got to focus on the future. We've got to start building for tomorrow, building those blocks. Do you want to do it looking the guys right in the eye, seeing what grit they have in their soul? How much dog, how much fight does this dog have in them? You can't tell that from a press box or from simply watching tape. You got to look in their eyes. You got to look in their soul. How tough is this dude? And I liked it. It was a little weird to see Fickle and Leonard in the huddle at the same time because Leonard was actually running the game, the, the, the actual game. But yes, Fickle is a lead from the front type personality he's a foxhole guy he's a get in the trench kind of guy and i love that it represents the blue collar mentality you see in wisconsin so that's why fans are attached to it i agree with that i i i, I think and, and the win helps don't get me wrong the win is huge but i thought that overall that was a great great start let me go to the past jj watt retires the philanthropy is off the charts the play is hall of fame thoughts on him Oh, my gosh. I mean, you're talking about an all-class, all-world caliber human. Not athlete. I said human. J.J. Watt is one of the rare, rare athletes who will be remembered not for what he did on the field mostly, but what he did off the field. Let's go back to the hurricane. Remember when that hurricane smashed Houston and everyone was, they needed help? No, it was pure chaos. J.J. Watt stepped in and raised a ton of money. He didn't have to do that, but he led from the front. He is another classic example of lead by actions, not by words and yes he was a great football player in the NFL but he is a much better human being and as a Wisconsin guy I am proud that we come from the same background same state I mean you cannot if your sons grow up to be like J.J. Watt you did a good job being a parent yeah a friend of mine dated him and said he was Captain America said he was just such a great dude said like oh man in fact she said he was too great like he's he's too perfect you can't you know the it's one of those deals where she's like yeah i could never measure up to jj Watt. i think they went on a couple dates and he's she's like no he's too he's too good he's 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 too good like that's a you know that's i understand that but no one has ever said that probably about uh you or i um i gotta get into something here bob ross on our twitter page says uh david you're wrong wolf already announced he's coming back next year so i got reporters oh. all over i got fact checkers everywhere pal so i missed that so there you go they knew more about the one time the king of wisconsin athletics didn't have all the information so i guess chase wolf is going to come back that makes it interesting maybe we have a quarterback battle they're bringing in a big time player from oklahoma so hey more credit to chase wolf for gutting it out if that's accurate yeah, I mean, look, if Bob Wolf, uh, if Bob Ross at North Star FB 99, who has been at my side on Twitter for years, if he says it, I'm buying it. However, if you say it, I'm buying it. So I, I'm, I'm off a clamp here. I don't know which way to go. I'm, I'm having a problem. 
Well, let's hope he does come back. I got nothing against Chase Wolf. Hey, competition breeds greatness. You, you and I know that, Dan. Are you are you surprised at all uh, that Michigan State players are trying, you know, figuring it out? Plea deals are coming left and right from the brawl in the tunnel at Michigan. Well, the one main guy, the guy that was facing the felony charges, which, of course, is what you can go away for years on, Crump, he reached a plea deal for some misdemeanors. He's the guy who, you know, they accused of kind of being the ringleader, bashing him with his helmet and such. Look, at the end of the day, what those Michigan State players did was incredibly cowardly. They jumped two guys, had them outnumbered, what, 50 to 1? I know only eight of them allegedly participated in the beatdown. You had 60 minutes on the field to show who was tougher, and you failed. So then, like a coward, you walked into a tunnel and jumped two guys. You, if, if, the, if the school and the officials cannot get players in line, the law has to step in. And it's a plea deal. He's not going to get in much trouble. He's not going to do jail time. He'll get a fine, some community service. But it does send the message, we're not going to tolerate criminal actions off the field. We're just not going to do it. I, I agree. I, look, I think that when you see that, I get it. People want to say, well, they do worse on the field. That's fine. They do, maybe, but they don't do that. And they don't do that's off the field. That's where you right. now are, you know, I, I've had coaches call, you know, fans civilians. You know, you're civilian. Now you're a civilian. So now uh, you are subject to what everybody else is subject to. I, and I think I agree with you. Hey, um, let me go a couple different directions with you. I am all in on bowl season. I love sports in the afternoon. I love breakfast at Wimbledon. I love the British Open in the morning. Give me your take. Uh, bowl season. A lot of people saying, ah, six-win teams, I can't watch it. Good, don't watch. I like to watch. Yeah, there's no such thing. Let me be clear about this. There's no such thing as too much college football, right. okay? There's no such thing. Now, yeah, is this 6-6 six and six team playing a 7-5 and five team the greatest matchup? No, but for those 60 minutes on the field, if you're a gambler, if you're a fan, if you just need something to do, it's fun. It's exciting. Don't try to kill our fun. Don't try to kill our joy. If you want to be the Grinch, Go do your own thing. It doesn't hurt me if you don't watch football. I'm enjoying it. I'm loving it. So, no, no such thing as too much football. That is a loser mentality. We didn't go to the moon with that mentality. We didn't win World War II with that mentality. Take that clown behavior and march your butt right out of here. When the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor, Germans? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. There, There is not too much. I don't care. I Look, I, I'll be honest with you. Um, I don't really... I try to study because I like to put a bet down or two in the afternoon. It makes my, you know, my afternoons more interesting. But I don't really care about records. I just look at who's playing, who's not. Uh, is it interesting? Like, I'm watching Lane Kiffin. I'll watch Lane Kiffin on Twitter. I'll watch Lane Kiffin against Texas Absolutely. Tech at 9 at night. What do I care? You know what I mean? Hey, it's on. I'm good. Right. Absolutely. Hey, it gives you a chance to kick back, maybe have a couple beers, just dive into that 60 minutes, throw, you know, a $40, $50 bet down. What's not to love? Who could possibly be against that? I agree. All right. Let me ask you, Luka Doncic last night uh, goes absolutely stupid. I explained why I think uh, he's great. What the reasons that I see, and it's very simple. He does what Wisconsin basketball does. He goes after the ball. He passes it to the right guy. You know, it's not a democracy. You know, it's it's a dictatorship on who shoots. Um, do triple doubles excite anymore? Now, 60 does. But overall, do triple doubles mean anything? 
Well, that's a good question. I would say they have to, right? Like, what's the point of having them if they're not going to mean something? You're talking about an all-around player, a guy who can dish it, a guy who can rebound it, a guy who can score the ball. But the best thing about Luka Doncic is this. If you saw him walking down the street, minus the fact I think he's 6'7", he looks like a regular dude. He's got a little bit of a belly, likes to drink beer. You know, he doesn't look like some premier athlete. And then all of a sudden, he laces him up, steps on the court, and he's toasting guys like he's the next coming of Michael Jordan. So that's my favorite part about that dude. As for triple doubles, if I'm an owner or a coach, I want plenty of them. But that guy looks like some dude you pulled out of a YMCA, and he's cooking NBA players. He said yesterday, I need a recovery beer. Exactly. Do you need a recovery beer after one of your uh, you know, strongman workouts? Oh, my gosh. One, Dan, I need two or three recovery beers. You know, every day we just dive in. We burn those calories. Got to get those electrolytes. I don't even know if beer has electrolytes. Let's pretend it does. That's how I mentally get through it. Yes, absolutely. Love beer. Who wins since I'm probably I'm not going to have you on or talk to you probably until the national championship. Break it down for me. Ohio State is saying they are, quote, cool being the underdog. Like you don't have a choice. I mean, you're the yeah, underdog. You don't have a choice. I, I, <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Georgia. I, I think Georgia wins by a field goal against Ohio State. I think they're going to be surprised by how athletic Ohio State is. You know, everyone wants to trash the Big Ten. We know that. We've talked about that many times. Ohio State can play. They got good skill position players, but I'll take Georgia by three. I think Michigan obliterates TCU. They win by multiple scores. It is never close going into the fourth quarter. And then, and then you will watch Michigan shock Ooh. the country Ooh. and beat Georgia in the national title game. Oh, 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 really? Michigan. Wow. Go ahead. I do like, I mean, look, they got a great dual threat quarterback, J.J. McCarthy. He can get to the edge. He's athletic as any linebacker on Georgia's football team. I think Georgia kind of, quite honestly, feels they are the national champions. They're going to repeat. We saw a Kentucky team in 2015 in the Final Four that felt that way, and they lost on their undefeated season to the Wisconsin Badgers. Don't put the card in front of the horse. Georgia thinks this is theirs to lose. And I'm telling you, Jim Harbaugh has got that Michigan team rolling. Did everyone forget what they did to Ohio State? They look like they're playing a middle school team out there. I like Michigan to stun the country. You know, one thing I was talking to Tom Crane about, and Ryan Day, um, when you lose that game, like I was I was playing golf with uh, Urban earlier this week or last week, and I go, okay, what's a, what's Ryan Day's? What, what, what? He goes, oh, you, you, you get up in the morning, you go straight to the office, you go straight home, you don't want to see nobody, you know. Dude won 11 games, right? 11 and one, right? But he's like, no, it's just, it's, you're just sick. So they got the break of a lifetime to get rid. CJ Stroud got rid of all this crap. Ryan Day gets rid of, but man, you got to do it. You, you, you can't get blown out in this or it compounds it. Right. Yeah, yeah. If they lose by 20 to Georgia, they're going to wish they'd never made the playoff to begin. Right. They can lose. They can lose and stomach a loss if it's close. If it's under a touchdown, under a field goal, they can go home feeling good about that. They're not going to be happy, but you understand it. But make no mistake, they are a talented football team. And again, these SEC fanboys, and I know they're watching, so read my lips. You SEC fanboys who think Michigan and Ohio State can't play just because they're from the Big Ten, you're delusional. You are delusional if you think they're not competitive teams i'm with you last last thing uh, a doctor says the nfl should suspend Tua because he didn't disclose his head injury allegedly whatever what are your thoughts 
Look, I'm not a medical expert. I also am always very wary of third-party medical opinions like what it sounds like this guy is. The NFL has no incentive to cover up head injuries, right? Like, if two is hurt, they don't want him playing because, God forbid, something really bad happens. Who does that fall on? The medical professionals in the NFL. My advice to everyone when it comes to medical stuff is leave it to the people involved, okay? I don't opine about heart surgery. I'm not a heart surgeon. I'm a sports guy, right? So leave it to the NFL. Don't give your opinion on stuff like that if you don't know what you're talking about, which I'm almost certain this guy does not does not know. When I broadcast games, when a guy goes down, David, I shut up. Like, right. I just shut up because I've seen, like, I always go to the Bo Jackson injury or the Dale Earnhardt when a fatal crash. We, we saw Dale, we saw cars, I don't know if you've seen it, but Dale Earnhardt crashed, we saw that crash a zillion right. times. And all of a sudden, wait, He's dead. Bo Jackson, his hip goes out, and we've seen that tackle. A zil- I always learned a lesson, like, don't think you know what the injury is, and it's based on Dale Earnhardt's crash, swear to God, and Bo Jackson's hip injury. Right. No, again, you number one, you could scare people, right? You can terrify people by giving them false information. So I like that. Keep your mouth shut. Wait until there's more information out there and let the medical professionals deal with it. Your third-party opinions don't help anybody. If J.J. Watt went to Iowa or Minnesota, would you think him to be Superman, Captain America? Would you look past all of the rivalry stuff and say, okay, three-time man of the year, all that? Would you be good with that? Or would there be a little bit of you that says, eh? Well, look, I would shake his hand and I'd say, hey, J.J., I respect you as a person. I respect everything you've done off the field, but you best believe you want to coach at one of those programs, we will kick your teeth in on the field. And then afterwards, we can have a beer and we can go back to being friends. But you want to suit up for the enemy, we're coming for you and we're going to smack you. Last, last, last thing. Big Ten basketball to this point. Give me your thoughts. Well, uh, I would say this about the Big Ten basketball. Allow me to talk about Greg Gard for a little bit. They were picked ninth. They were picked ninth in the preseason poll. How many times, Dan, are we going to watch this movie play out where no one thinks the Badgers can play? They're now their 15th in the country. But the Big Ten is always is loaded. We are the deepest conference top to bottom. Whether, you know, Iowa's on a slide, they're outside the top 25, and they're still a reasonably tough team. But you got Michigan, you got Michigan State, you got Illinois, you got the Badgers. Indiana, your team's been struggling, no offense. They got talent, though. They can play. Nobody, nobody outside the Big Ten could run the gauntlet. The gauntlet, Dan, these teams have to run. It is a tough-as-nails conference. I got Indiana people all over me because I'm like, look, our our coaches got to start coaching. I mean, I watched. There's no offense. Four guys standing around. I got Woodson's daughter coming at me, calling me a uh, – I forget what she called me, some some really bad name. I got, I, But I don't care. When I watch Wisconsin, I know what I'm going to see out of Wisconsin. I know – and it's going to be glorious. I'm not going to tell you that everybody in the country is clamoring to watch Wisconsin, but I do because I know what I'm going to see. When I watch Indiana, I'm sitting there going, I don't know what I see. I see right. Jackson Davis stand there. I see other guys. I, I don't like it. I want an identity, David, and Wisconsin has a freaking identity. W- Wisconsin style of play is ugly, but it's tough and it works. We're not going to outrun you. We're not going to outjump you. We're not more athletic than you, but we can outshoot you and we will grind you down and we will make you pay the physical price if you want to get in the paint. It is 1940s, 1950s style basketball. It is Midwest basketball and I love it. And hey, you want to come in here with your high flying teams? 
have at it. See how it works out for you. See how it works out for you. I agree. I, hey, look, last thing, Luka Doncic, only two steals. Uh, I got people criticizing him saying, I, yeah, I don't care about the 60, 21, and 10. You only got two steals. What the hell? Play some defense. Right. You got to read those gaps, anticipate the pass, try to pick that pass off. And then if they get it, you got to lock down. Look, Dan, I only averaged like 0.7 points per game in high school, but I was a nightmare on the defensive end. So when it go. comes to getting steals, you got to make those plays, got to grind it out. All right, you have an article about the best TV shows for non-woke entertainment. Non-woke right. entertainment. Give them to me. I know, I know, I know Yellowstone's got to be on there. You've got Yellowstone. You've got The Terminal List. The Terminal List is a show. If, you, if you're watching OutKick, you love what we do. you got to be watching The Terminal List. It is no politics. It is all about Navy SEALs blowing bad guys up, running and gunning. Jack Carr wrote it. Jack Carr, awesome author, former Navy SEAL. you got Under the Banner of Heaven on Hulu, amazing show. You've got Reacher on Amazon. Outer um, Ridge, or sorry, uh, Outer Range on Amazon. And House of the Dragon. If you like shows that don't push woke liberal talking points and actually shockingly are about having fun those seven shows can't go wrong with them they're all amazing last thing i, I was checking out your twitter uh, before the show um interesting how kyle rittenhouse uh continues to be viewed as a murderer it's almost like people just don't want to hear any facts relative to that kid yeah. Hey, look, I have weird ties to the Rittenhouse case. My girlfriend was right there reporting on it when he shot those people in self-defense, one of which was a pedophile. Let's not forget that. My One of my best friends was three feet away from him reporting on it. So I'm very close to the Rittenhouse case. And I'll tell you this, I'm not saying a kid should have brought a gun to a riot. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is facts matter. He shot a pedophile who tried to kill him. He shot another guy who tried to take his head off in the middle of the street fellow scumbag. And then the third guy he shot put a gun to his head and he blew his arm apart. Okay. Everything else aside, those are justified shoots. Anyone with any military experience, law enforcement experience knows it. The jury knew it. And yet people go on Twitter and call, call Kyle Rittenhouse a murderer, a killer, a thug, a criminal. None of that's true. Self-defense in the United States of America is still legal last time I checked. And if you try to kill someone in the street and he has a gun, guess what, Dan? You're probably in a world of hurt. Yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. You know, somebody said, I think it was Michelle Tafoya, said you almost have to be insane to not be called a bigot or some kind of phobe. Like, and she went through all the things that you have to believe. And, I, and, and it, it's just amazing to me. Like, we just disregard fact. We go to narrative, and that's – narrative is what we want to believe as the truth instead of what was actual. It drives me nuts. Not well, only Rittenhouse, but everything. Most people in the Rittenhouse case, when the news first reported, thought he shot three black people. Not true. He shot three white people. But yet the media had cooked it up like he had gone to a peaceful riot. Not true. They were burning the city of Kenosha to the ground. They were burning it down and pretended he shot three peaceful black protesters. In reality, again, he shot three criminals, one of which put a gun to his head, two others who attacked him, and they were all white. And I can't stress it enough. These weren't angels, Dan. These were not angels. They were not. And so these people who get on social media and lie, lie, lie through their teeth should be ashamed of themselves. That's why I wanted to bring it up, because you know, look, our audience isn't ABC News. I know that our audience isn't as big ESPN. But I, hey, look, you got to start somewhere and you got to keep talking about these things because these things 
certainly grow the other way where lies become even bigger to your point. Right. Absolutely. And once the lie catches ground, it is almost impossible to combat, which is why luckily Elon Musk is, you know, loosening things up on Twitter, which we love to see. But it's shameful. And these people, they don't care. Joe Biden insinuated Kyle Rittenhouse was a white supremacist. There's no proof for that. There was zero. And the president of the United States of America put that in a campaign video. So when the president says something, people believe him, even when it's a guy who doesn't know what city he's in most of the time. It is shameful. And all these networks that profit off the lies and the fear mongering, it's disgusting. And that's why OutKick is thriving because we tell the truth. They lie through their dirty little teeth. But OutKick, we tell the truth. And that's why we succeed and they don't. Last, last thing. You think Rittenhouse gets a big payout here somewhere? Well, I I hope he sues the hell out of all these outlets. I think, you know, there's chatter about whether or not he can sue Biden because Biden falsely accused him of being a racist. I don't know. I'm not a legal expert when it comes to suing government officials. I hope he does. They ruined his life. They ruined his life because he defended himself. That's the fact of the matter. That is the fact of the matter. And the they goes up to the president, reaches the level of the president. They is not Slappy Johnny you know, at the Kenosha News, they right. is the freaking president of the United States and all that that office stands for. It's, it's. I don't know. I hope the dude does. I don't know. what. I'm not an expert either. Maybe I'll get somebody on as we move forward. He certainly has said that he is. So uh, we'll see. Hey, my friend, enjoy the new year. And thank you for all your help. Great stuff as always. Thanks, Dan. See you later. You got to go right now, D. Hookstead. You just got to go. I mean, I don't know what you're doing. What are you doing? You got to go right now, D. Hookstead on Twitter. It's absolutely fantastic. I love having conversations with him. It's just terrific. He's fantastic. I mean, what can I tell you? It's why I tell you. He's right, though, about OutKick. Look, we just come out here and tell you. I do mostly sports, but these guys uh, at Clay and the rest, we're getting into all kind of different stuff. And the Rittenhouse thing makes me nuts. Like, I'm not saying he was right. Who the hell? I would never bring a gun to a riot. I wouldn't go to a riot. Hell, there were riots downtown Indy. I went the next day and helped clean them up. By the way, you won't read that in the Indy Star. When they had riots down in Indy, I went and bought food for the workers, made my kids come downtown and help clean up. You ain't reading about that in any Greg Doyle article, but hey, uh, we'll be back. I got a ton to get to today. I got to get more into J.J. Watt. I do. Notre Dame getting a new quarterback. I'll talk about why this is a great move for the quarterback on the field. We'll be right back. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Ladies and gentlemen, that's right. We are back, 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 Danny's. Let me talk about J.J. Watt for just a second. J.J. Watt is a great player, okay? J.J. Watt, we all know, had a baby. J.J. Watt's uh, post was fantastic. Uh, First game for Chloe, last game for me, all that kind of stuff. But let's look at what J.J. Watt was. Three-time defensive player of the year. Now, remember this. In the NFL, in the NFL, there's only one defensive player of the year. There's only one. Three times this man was a defensive player of the year. And I talk about this all the time. When I had season tickets to the Colts game, I was six rows behind the visiting bench, and I always studied the bench. Jalen Ramsey was a young kid. He was very kind of standoffish, temperamental. Nick Foles, as a player for the Jaguars, never spoke to anyone. I thought he was a jerk. Like, always walked around like he was above it all. J.J. Watt was engaged. Like, he and Clowney were on the same team, Jadavian Clowney. 
And I don't know. They were always on the bench talking. It's like Tom Brady's always on the bench reading. You know, he's on that pad. J.J. Watt was always engaged in the game, and Jadavian Clowney and him were a dynamic duo. They had merciless. They had a pretty good defensive team there with the Texans, actually very good. And I was always impressed with those guys and how involved in the game they were. I've always thought about Tom Brady. He puts his hat on. He goes down. He looks around, and he studies. And then he talks to his coach. Well, that was kind of what Watt was. And I thought to myself, man, here's your best player. Here's the best player in the league, and away we go. Anyway, so three-time defensive player of the year. The Walter Payton Man of the Year. The Walter Payton Man of the Year award is interesting, but I don't want to tell you anything about that. Seven-time pro bowler, two-time sack leader, uh, 2010 all-decade team. And, of course, he is going to be in the Hall of Fame with J.J. Watt was more than that. We mentioned the work that he did in Houston during the hurricanes. He set up a foundation or he set up a, a fund that raised millions. I don't mean one, two, three, four, five. I'm talking about double-digit millions of dollars when it was all said and done. Didn't have to do that. But here's the thing with J.J. Watt that I've always thought. Number one, internally, the guy's just a good dude. He's just a good dude. Externally, the guy understands who he is. Now, that's pretty cool. The guy understands who he is. He understands it. He does. He understands it. That's right. And in understanding his place in the society in which he lives, he goes out and helps that community. And that's fantastic. A lot of guys don't do that. A lot of guys play and then they leave. They want to get to Florida. They want to get somewhere else. I get it. I'm not mad at you. Now, there was one player on the Colts, his true story, uh, when his kids were little, and they, but of, of grade school age, when the season was over, they left, went to Florida. Kid didn't even go to high school, didn't even go to grade school. That's a true story. And the kid would come back and he would be behind everybody else because he didn't go to school second semester. Stupid stuff like that abounds in professional sports. But J.J. Watt understood who he was. And good for J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt, uh, last game coming up, deserves a massive send-off, not only from uh, the Cardinals, but also from the entire NFL because he exudes everything that was good is good in sports, not only the NFL. We got enough uh, negative. All right, quarterback, Sam Hartman. Now, I've watched Sam Hartman, Wake Forest, allegedly, supposedly, after entering the portal, is, according to our friend Pete Thamel, used to be my friend. I think he's mad at me. Pete, what's wrong, baby? Don't be mad. What's your problem? Have a great time when I'm with you. Anyway, uh, he is expected to go to Notre Dame with Marcus Freeman. Now, here's the deal. When you watched Wake Forest play, and for whatever the reason I did, I got enthralled with this kid. I think he's pretty good. They did this mesh kind of thing where he would snap, they do RPOs, but they would hold here longer than other teams. Now, Dave Clawson, the, co the coach, is an offensive guy. He went from Tennessee. I think he got fired at Tennessee, got a lifeline at Bowling Green. He used that to go to Wake Forest, and he better get the hell out of Wake Forest. It'd be smart, but I don't see him doing that because, well, I don't know where he's going to go now. But anyway, so Hartman did this mesh thing. I don't know squat about football except that I do. And this looked really uncomfortable. So now you go to Notre Dame. You don't have to do this mesh thing. you got some big-time whiteouts. Michael Mayer's not going to be there, but they'll get another tight end. This is the best thing for this guy, Hartman, on the field. 
Not talking about off the field. Off the field, you couldn't be you couldn't be smarter. Let me explain something to you. Quarterback at Notre Dame. Quarterback at Notre Dame. If you were going to list the positions in sport that are just straight awesome, where's quarterback at Notre Dame? Quarterback at USC. Shortstop for the Yankees. Point guard. I would think the Lakers. I don't know. Center for the Lakers. I don't know. But I want to ask you that question. What place is cooler than that? There aren't any. There are very few. There are very, very few places in sport. I would say shortstop for the Chicago Cubs. But everybody has their own thing. You know, somebody grew up, they wanted to be part of the big red machine. They wanted to be a catcher for the Cincinnati Reds, Johnny Bench. You know what I'm saying. So at the end of the day, quarterback of Notre Dame off the field is freaking awesome. And you come in, and you're not really going to class. I mean, let's be honest. Who the hell's really going to class? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're taking online. Maybe you're getting a master's. Maybe you're getting an MBA. I don't know. But the school part, no, nah, that ain't it. You're basically a professional football player being the quarterback of Notre freaking Dame. Sign me up. Sign me up today. Sign me up tomorrow. Sign me up the next day. All right. This is an example, this next video I'm going to show you, of why people are great, all right, and why people suck. The video is of greatness. The video is of a guy, a player at Indiana named Anthony Leal, who is it was Mr. Basketball in Indiana. All right. It's great. He went to Indiana. He lives in Bloomington. Coaching change. He stayed. Hasn't really played. But by all accounts, he is a great kid. Like, not a good kid. A great kid. Bloomington South uh, is where he played. And Bloomington South is a school that my kids would have gone to. I know the coaches there very well. One of their assistant coaches and I, um, we we coached together in AAU basketball forever. And I got to tell you, Anthony Leal is considered a great, great kid. So what does he do? What am I talking about? Well, this video went viral of Anthony Leal giving a gift to his sister, and that gift is paying off her student loan with his NIL money. Let's take a look. What'd you get, Lauren? A card. <laughs> okay, come on, Mary. Get one of those. Get your toes in there. Ouch. Okay. Cover up. Let me get it under there. That's You're me. a spark of goodness that brightens that the world. <laughs> You're a spark of goodness that brightens the world. You radiate kindness and bring happiness to so many people, especially me. So nice. You can read that out loud. Hey sis, I wanted to let you know how much I look up to you and admire who you are. Your soul is beautiful and you are the best role model ever. There is no doubt that I have made it to where I am today because of you. Someone like you deserves no burdens or restrictions in life. 
and I feel like the best way to help you with you with that is by <sighs> I don't even know how much that is I do it's uh, zero now like actually <laughs> finish reading finish reading uh, she did <laughs> I feel like the best way to help with that is by paying off your student loan debt. I know, I knew about it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, keep going. Love, little bro, aunt. Oh. Dude. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> I got a pair of shorts for Christmas. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. Oh. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Hey, I know you're so shocked. I can tell. I've never seen her that shocked before. <laughs> I got a, uh, maybe shorts is not quite equal to that. It doesn't matter. Take a deep breath. I love you, Lauren. Oh my gosh. You deserve it. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Yep. That is cool. That is greatness. That I don't care if Anthony Lill scores one point. I don't care if he ever helps Indiana win a game. I'm an Indiana player, former player, Indiana former coach, Indiana former interim coach. You name it, I've done it at Indiana. And I got to tell you, that makes me incredibly proud to somehow just be associated from 100 years back with Indiana basketball. That's what Indiana basketball is about. Now, let me go to the negative on this. So Anthony Leal said in his tweet, well, you know, this is a lot of people don't think NIL is good. He got the money from an NIL. Of course, people came at it. Well, he said this wouldn't happen without the NIL. And, of course, idiots came at him and said, well, get a job. Shut up. Shut up. Let me explain something to you. You're a college kid. You're 18 to 23 years old. Somebody puts a sack full of cash in front of you to show up at different things, to go here, to go there. What are you doing? Are you thinking I'm paying off my sister's student loans? No. I don't think I was. I don't think I'd have been thinking about paying off my brother's student loans. I, I don't think so. But I got to tell you, that's a special kid. That's a special parent. That's a special mom and dad. That's a special daughter. That's a special family. And I, I'm not surprised because of all the great things that I have heard about Anthony and his family. But I got to tell you, that's pretty damn good. Salute. Salute. Anthony Lill, hope you hit the game-winning bucket in the national championship game. But it won't be better than what you just did. Salute. Man, that's good stuff. Uh, listen to this. I talked about teams earlier. I talked about uh, bowl season earlier. I talked about liking bowl season. We've talked about 17 players absent <laughs> from Buffalo. I talked about, guess what? I talked about a variety of things. I talked about a player the three-time Sunbelt Player of the Year saying, nah, kid, name a call. Now nah, I'm transferring, but I'm playing. But I got to tell you, Washington, the Husky, the Washington Huskies led by Michael Penix, 
listen to this. They will have a full roster for the Alamo Bowl versus Texas. In an era where players are opting out left and right, the Washington Huskies are going to have a full roster. And that includes Michael Penix, who maybe this time next year you're going to talk about, I don't know, maybe he's going to be the Heisman Trophy winner. And that will make those of us in Indiana exceptionally happy for him, but crazy. Why crazy? Well, because Michael Penix was terrific at Indiana and he kept getting hurt. But anyway, long story short, the 10 and 2 Washington Huskies will have their entire team available to them for a bowl game. Now, I got to tell you, it's insane. I got to tell you, it's nuts. It's just nuts. Kalen DeBoer was at Indiana. Kalen DeBoer ends up at Washington and Kalen DeBoer, the coach, has a culture that people want to stay at. Uh, Ed Reed will be the next head coach at Bethune-Cookman. Yes, that Ed Reed, Hall of Famer Ed Reed. Now, here's the danger. When you look at, okay, I am going to go and be a head coach at an HBCU, historically black college or university, who are you going to be compared to? I'll tell you who you're going to be compared to, Deion Sanders. All Deion Sanders did, they went undefeated this year. He lost in the bowl game, but that's the way it goes. You're going to be compared to that. And I got to tell you, Ed Reed was a great player, but he was in prime time. I hope Ed Reed does well. Here's why I really like Ed Reed. First, when Ed Reed played for the Ravens, when the Ravens, who I had no connection to, played the Steelers, who I had no connection to, I liked watching Ed Reed play. I did. I liked it. I thought Ed Reed was a terrific football player, hard-hitting and tough. When the Colts drafted a kid named Malik Hooker, the very enthusiastic, uh, very, 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 what's the right word, <clears throat> overplayed Chuck Pagano, the head coach, the human hashtag, he told Malik Hooker, hey, I'm ready for you to be the next Ed Reed. Are you ready to be the next Ed Reed? At which point, Chris Ballard, the uh, general manager of the Colts said, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's just get serious here. Do yourself a favor. Do yourself that. Just relax here. Okay. Just relax. I like that. Ed Reed has always been in my consciousness, but I got to tell you, man, I got to tell you, um, you're following Deion Sanders. Make no mistake. Deion Sanders, great athlete, one of the best in the history of American sport, two-sport athlete, M NLB, MLB, and NFL. But more than that, he was prime time. He, he related to everybody. And Ed Reed, good luck. But I don't know. I don't know that that is something that is going to happen. I don't know about that, but I'm anxious to see it. Uh, the other guy, the non-Jeffs, uh, the non-prime time is Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday's sitting here. Jeff Saturday can't win a football game. Jeff Saturday continues to embarrass us every afternoon as a Colts fan. So you got prime time doing this, Jeff Saturday doing this, 
We'll see where Ed Reed at Bethune-Cookman fits. I got to tell you, I did not think on this show we would ever talk Bethune-Cookman football. So, Ed Reed, you got it, baby. You got it. We're all in. Mikey Z is going to join us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Let's not even mess around. Danny Z is going to join us. I said Mikey Z because I'm nuts. Be right back. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. All right, ladies and gentlemen, excuse me. I got the throat going this morning. Uh, Dan Zekshevsky joins me. He joined me, actually. We join each other. We were both at ESPN for a minute or 10, and now we are at America's fastest-growing sports and entertainment and news and politics site, The Great Outkick. And Danny Z joins me now. Um, I never thought we would be making this comparison, but you have a great article about Zach Wilson and Jamarcus Russell, and the comparison is stunning between the two. Thanks for joining. Yeah, Dan, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Uh, How do these two compare, Zach Wilson and Jamarcus Russell? It's actually kind of crazy when you look at their numbers, uh, how similar they are. Um, The biggest difference, though, is that Wilson obviously went number two and Russell went number one. I've, I've done a few pieces on this. Uh, one was the biggest draft bus in as far as quarterbacks taken in the top 10 in the last, you know, since 2000. And I came to the conclusion, the answer is Josh Rosen. And at the time, this was like two weeks ago, I wrote that, you know, Zach Wilson, it was too early, too early to put Zach Wilson in that category because, you know, the kid's young. He's only been in the league two years. He, he's got time to turn it around. But man, Two weeks later, you're looking at it, you're like, I we're getting close to being able to put him there, man. Like we are getting real close to being able to put him in that category. And uh it's sad. It's it it is like as a football fan, you don't want to see guys fail, especially you know, young kids, quarterbacks getting taken that high. Like seeing them flame out as quickly as Zach Wilson has is uh, I don't know, man. It's it's tough to watch. A guy with so much talent just struggle immensely on the field, but uh yeah, I I would go. I want to go back to something about your comment about Josh Rosen. When Josh Rosen had a hot tub in his dorm room or wherever it was, I don't know if you saw the picture, and he's sitting there in it with some hot, you know, co-ed. I wanted to punch him in the face. I I, I just I had a I want to punch Josh Rosen in the face campaign. So I get what you're saying. You don't want to see anyone not succeed. Josh Rosen has made more money than I'll ever make, but I don't care. Hot tub, college, girl, sticking it to the man or sticking it to all of us. I wanted him punched and I wanted him to fail. Okay, you're right. We can put a caveat in because Rosen's also the guy who, you know, was like nine teams made a mistake when he went number 10. If you're going to come out and say nine teams made a mistake, you better go out and prove that nine teams made a mistake. And, right. And, and and for those who are wondering, like, why would you go with Josh Rosen as the biggest bust? For, for me, th- this article was very specific. The rules were draft position didn't matter. It was the worst football player quarterback taken in the top 10. Expectations aside. And to me, Josh Rosen is the worst quarterback ever taken in the top 10 of an NFL draft, just from a pure ability standpoint. That guy cannot play quarterback. He just can't, he can't do it. Physically, he's not capable of doing it. Now, Jamarcus Russell was terrible, and he flamed out, and he kind of ate himself out of the league. But the kid had talent. You know, we can all agree he didn't fulfill it, but he had ability. 
Zach Wilson is a little closer to Rosen, I think, than he is to Russell, though. Like, I'm not, I'm not sure Zach Wilson has as much talent as maybe we thought he did. I don't know if it was that video of him making that 60-yard throw, which drives me nuts, by the way. And I, I put up another piece, too, because there's a Will Levis video going around where he's making a throw wearing headphones because you know how often you're sitting in the pocket with your Beats by <laughs> Dre on. And this happens every year. It's like these guys, they make a throw wearing a, a, you know, a sleeveless tee and, and shorts with no defense, and scouts fall in love. And it's like, dude, that doesn't mean he can play on Sundays at all. So, I, I, you know, again, I'm not, I'm, I'm not ready to, to make my uh, full prediction on Will Levis. I got to look at some tape on the kid, but... I never like when I start seeing videos like that and the hype start to build. That always makes me nervous. Let, let me go to this point, to your article, where you talk about the bus. How many of those guys were the, quote, rising guy? He's rising in the draft. Mitch Trubisky is rising in the draft. Uh, Zach Wilson is rising in the draft. And it's based on those kind of throws, those kind of things, as opposed to they always say, Danny, the eye in the sky, don't lie, brother. I wonder how many of your bus were the rising guy. I think you just gave me an idea for another piece. I think we might have to go back and look at everyone and, and go back and read articles from, you know, 2008. Was Jake Locker a rising guy? Because that's another one that's in there that people forget about, that he was a top 10 pick. That draft, by the way, 2011 uh, it's it's come back up because J.J. Watt went in that draft, and there were Hall of Famers dotting the front of that board, and yet you've got Blaine Gabbert and Jake Locker going in the top 10, and Christian Ponder went 12th in that draft. He just missed the cutoff, but Ponder would have been in there uh, if that were an option. Ponder, and, and I worked with his wife, uh, Sam, and I love Sam. She was pre basically, when we worked on the Big Ten, she was kind of finding her way. Now she's a superstar. And I always told Sam, I like your husband more than you. Like Christian Ponder is the nicest dude in America. And I'm sitting there going, he was a rising guy. No question. He, he didn't do squat at, at Florida State. But I'm telling you, Danny, he's such a nice guy. He's such a good dude that you're sitting there going, I got to have this guy in my organization. So he goes from 100th in the draft up to 12th. These rising guys make me crazy. They make me nuts. Yeah, is that, I mean, I wonder if that's it. Like, do these guys, is it, is it a lot, is it the interview? They sit down and these scouts just become enamored with these dudes and are like, I, yeah, I think your point just now, I got to have this guy on my team, no matter what that means. I wonder if that's part of it. I bet it is because you, you, you interview for a reason, right? Uh, was Mac Jones's little fall down in front of a sprinting guy? Was that dirty as hell or dirty as I think it was? Uh oh, I'm sorry. I lost you for a moment. Uh, was Mac Jones's little fall down? Was that uh, as dirty as I think it was? I, I have been trying to figure. I I I want to give the kid the benefit of the doubt, man. But I don't see anything that makes me believe that that's not a dirty play. Um, for a few reasons. Number one, the guy he cut blocks is essentially out of the play. Uh, number two. I don't know that he needs to cut block him there. If the goal is just to stop Eli Apple from getting back into the play, simply standing in front of him was going to be enough. Mac Jones is a big dude. If he just gets in the way, Apple's got to go around him. He's out of the play. 
the the diving at his ankles, diving at his knees while he's in a full sprint, I thought was bad. And then his explanation, there were just holes all over it. The, oh, that's just part of the game. Like, oh, that's just part of the game. Cut blocking someone who's out of the play. All right. Well, if I'm a defender, I'm writing that down. Like, hey, that's just part of the game. I'm going at Mac and hey, ref throws a flag. What are you doing, man? That's just part of the game. And he threw out the, uh, I get hit too which is my my least favorite part of it. Like, oh, I've taken hits like that. Like, oh, okay, it's okay to to cut block someone because you've been hit. I mean, come on, man. That that, that was uh, – the, the play was trash. The explanation was trash. And, you know, there's videos going around of this guy. Like, he's got already tape now of several – and Eli Apple mentioned that. When they asked him, they're like, this guy does that. So people know. Players around the league, they know that this guy – is into making these kind of plays, man. And that is a label that you don't shed easily. And he's only been in the league for less than two years. And he already has that label. That's going to stick with him for a long time. I thought his explanation was complete joke. And I loved it in a certain way. Hey, look, I get hit too. Really? All right. I, I, I It was so bad it was good. You know what I mean? <laughs> No, I can't agree with you. It was not good. There's no was, way to look at that. Nothing about, There's nothing. nothing about it was good. It nothing was just, about it was good. No, I probably, I, I I had to read it twice. Let me put it to you. That I'm like, what did I get hit too? Well, all right. I got to tell you, um, I know we're not supposed to do this. I know, uh, was that defensive coordinator of New Orleans, Greg, Greg Williams, you know, got fined and bounty gate and all that. But I got a if, if I got a clean shot at Mac Mac Jones, I yeah, I might have to take one and take the 15 yards. No targeting, no spearing, you know, but I might have to take a shot and, and just let him know, look, you, you gotta you gotta cut this crap out. I, that's what I think. Yeah, and here's what I never understand, Dan, is if you're Mac Jones, you're going on a radio show, you know that question's coming. You've got 24, 48 hours to prepare a response that would be somewhat plausible. And that's what you come up with. Like, that's always the part. It's like, do these guys not care? Do they think it doesn't matter? Does he feel like he's untouchable? Like, what would... If I knew that question, like, I would be studying my ass off and thinking, like, okay, what... All right, let's let's watch the tape. Let's see. All right, what can I say here? All right, I'm running along. Uh... Like, yeah. I would come up with something. And this yeah. guy comes up with, I get hit too? Yeah. It makes you want to punch him even more. But <laughs> well, you want to punch a lot of quarterbacks. Well, I think so. I, I think, you know, there are punchable <laughs> faces left and right. And I have a punchable face, I've been told. All right, this to me is ridiculous. All right, now, I, I'm, I'm, I, I was having this conversation earlier, um, and – with David Hookstead, and when I broadcasted ESPN and somebody got hurt, I just shut up. Like, you, you know, and I always use the Dale Earnhardt crash because it looked like any other crash, but somehow Dale Earnhardt died. And, and the Bo Jackson, when he hurt his hip, it looked like any other play, but he was done. So I've, I've learned that things don't always look as serious or they may not look serious, but you don't know. So now some doctor says that Tua should be suspended because he didn't talk. Third, third party medical advice doesn't hold water with me. How about you? Yes, agree with that. And also, I'm not sure what that would solve. Um, 
I mean, the whole point the NFL tries to make constantly is that they care about player safety. Now, we know that that's crap. Like they, they run commercials now, which again, always makes me wary. When I see a commercial for player safety in the middle of an NFL game, it's like player right. safety is our number one priority. Like, well, I've all to your number one priority. Um, but I don't know what that would, what, what the point even is that players should be suspended if they don't self-report concussions. The whole point of the NFL coming out with this, you know, independent neuro consultant is to help players get out of their own way. Cause a, I don't know that they know they're concussed in the moment you're concussed and B the point is, you know, for better or for worse, we like the guy who wants to stay in the game. Like, Hey, shake it off. Got your bell rung. You got to get out there and help your team. I mean, that is sort of the, that masculine attitude that we're all drawn to. I mean, you know, society is not drawn to it, but at least not anymore, but that's what we were drawn to. And I think that's part of this whole player safety discussion is a lot of this, you know, drive against toxic masculinity. I think that's what the doctors might even really be saying here. It's like Tua tried to do the manly thing and stay in the game and he needs to be suspended for being a man. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. we're playing football, man. Like, and if you look at the hit where they claim they think it happened, I don't know if you've seen the video. It doesn't look like anything that no. that anyone doesn't suffer throughout the course of an NFL football game. So I really don't even know what the point is other than I think we are honestly punishing that type of toughness that we used to laud. I literally think you have to be insane to go along with society in this day. Like you have to think men can get pregnant. You know, I mean, it, to go along in society, you've got to change your thinking to what most people would think to be insanity. You know, I, and I think you're absolutely right. I, I think that for whatever the reason, toughness is, even in football, not celebrated. I understand in a bar when a guy acts like a jerk, that's not toughness. That's cowardice, expressing itself and insecurity, whatever. But in football, real toughness matters. And look. Third-party medical opinions suck. Let me just put it to you that way. Just whatever. I mean, how could he know? What does he know? He knows nothing. I, you know, I had a concussion one time that was so bad I knew I was concussed, and I told my buddy, I go, I'm not going out there. I don't know where I'm at. I don't know where I'm at. I, I literally, where are we? And a guy's like, uh, Mr. Dockage, come see your son. He <laughs> ended up in a baseball. And I, you know, all right. If you're a Charger fan, and I know, and I know as Colts fans, we don't want to win anymore because we want a draft choice. Do you want Brandon Staley to stay there? Is this a no? No, Sean Payton. If I'm Sean Payton, like I don't really want to live in California, but if I had to live in California, give me San Diego and millions of dollars and the beach. I'm cool with that. Charger fans happy, sad that they got they they they, they beat my Colts. So Chargers fans, I think are split. I think the room is split on Brandon Staley. Um, I'm not a Chargers fan. Uh, all I know is what I see from people on Twitter. If I'm being honest with you, I don't hang out with a lot of Chargers fans in Central Connecticut. Uh, but based on what I've seen, I think Chargers fans are legitimately split. I think you know there were a lot of tweets of you know yeah we we clinched a playoff berth, but the bad news is now we're probably not going to get Sean Payton, and that I think is a mistake. Um, it's not necessarily, I think a lot of people, I wrote an article uh, to what you're referring to about Sean Payton being a bit overrated. And I stand by that. But the, you have to keep in mind, when you say someone's overrated, that doesn't mean you think they suck. 
I just think that we've gotten to the point where we're treating Sean Payton like he is some deity that's going to come in and guarantees you Super Bowl victories. And it's just not the case. Um, we even got into a little bit of an argument on our editorial call. You know, media members defend Sean Payton. He must be the nicest guy in the world. I've never met him, but he must be a super dude because media members seem to love him and everyone I've ever worked with. Even people at ESPN, I remember back that covered the Saints were like, they would defend this guy with their lives, it seemed. And so I started looking into sort of his career and, you know, he coached the Saints for 15 seasons. He was there for 16 years. But as you mentioned earlier, the Bounty Gate scandal, he got suspended for an entire season. And he had Drew Brees, a Hall of Fame quarterback, for his entire tenure for the most part in New Orleans. Now, I've had people say, well, he made Drew Brees because Drew Brees wasn't Drew Brees until he got Sean Payton. But that's actually not true. People forget that the year prior to him leaving San Diego at the time when Brees was a charger, they went 12-4. and He won comeback player of the year. He threw 27 touchdowns and seven picks. He completed 65% of his passes. Like, the dude could play. And the Chargers were a bad team at that time, if you remember. Like, first of all, they drafted Drew Brees with the first pick in the second round because they had the first pick in the draft. And then three years later, they had the first pick again, and they took technically Eli Manning, but, you know, obviously he got traded for Phillip Rivers. So they take Phillip Rivers three years later. Again, they were at the top of the draft. And the very next season, even though the team took a quarterback at number one overall, nothing to help the team right then, Drew Brees led them to a 12-4 and season. So the guy had talent. And then Breeze had that shoulder injury right before he left, and he or he was going to be a Dolphin. Now, I am a Dolphins fan, and I remember that debate was all the offseason. Like, and Nick Saban, it could have changed that would have changed the course of football history if the Dolphins medical staff had cleared Drew Breeze, because Nick Saban then would have had Drew Breeze's quarterback instead of Dante Culpepper. Who knows what happens? But anyway, the point is this. So Sean Payton gets Drew Breeze, who's coming off a shoulder injury. So he gets him in a team-friendly contract. He gets him in his age 27 season, right in the prime for a quarterback. And that's who he spends the next 16 years with. So I don't know that we can separate those two for everyone who says like, oh, he made Drew Brees. Like, I don't know. Did Drew Brees make Sean Payton? Because I can tell you what I do know about Sean Payton. Drew Brees retired. Payton spent one season there and was like, I'm out. I don't want to do this. I don't want this roster. I don't want this roster that I constructed because I don't have my guy anymore. So is that a guy that I'm going to fire my current coach who has had two winning seasons, who has made the playoffs in his second season, and by the way, the Saints still have his rights. So now we're going to have to give them something in return for Sean Payton. We're going to fire our winning coach to trade away picks for this guy who did win one Super Bowl in 15 years with a Hall of Fame quarterback. But he also missed the playoffs in six of his uh, 15 seasons. They didn't win a playoff game in eight of his 15 seasons. More than half of his seasons with the Saints, they did not win a single playoff game. So it's not a guarantee that bringing in Sean Payton is going to make you a yearly Super Bowl competitor. So to me, I'm just not firing a winning head coach for that. Now, if you're the Denver Broncos and you're a complete mess, fine. Absolutely. Sean Payton would be a great hire for you. I'm just not willing to give up on a guy like Brandon Staley, who I think has a lot to prove is a bright young mind in the game for Sean Payton. That's where I stand on it. I'm going to go back to something you said initially. Sean Payton, I'm sitting doing my show at the Combine in the lobby, and all radio rows kind of in the lobby, and Adam Shine and all these guys are doing their show, and Payton sees me. I've never met the man. 
He comes, sits down across from me, puts on a headset and said, hey, I always wanted to be on your show. He goes, ah, oh, man, I'm a big Bobby Knight fan and was the greatest guy ever. Right. So I'm like, oh, everybody hire Sean Payton. And then I started watching and I'm kind of with you like. You kind of bailed on the Saints. You won a Super Bowl because Hank Basket couldn't recover a fumble, at least in our world, and open up the second half in the Colts world. I don't know. But I do know this. Um, being out and being quiet, like you don't hear much from Sean Payton, right? You hear it from everybody. It kind of works for Sean Payton because I feel like Sean Payton is sitting there and every job that's open is going to be played against one another and his dollar value keeps going like this, Danny. I, I think it's just, it's brilliant what he's doing. Yeah. I, I wish I'd look to see who his agent is. Cause this news is coming from somewhere and it's right. coming from Sean Payton's camp for sure. Because that whole chargers thing a few weeks ago, and I was like, Sean Payton really wants the chargers job, which by the way, didn't surprise me. Oh, Sean Payton wants to go to a situation with a ready-made quarterback in his mid twenties. That's what he does. And then he gets to look like the hero because he comes into a situation which would be a Chargers team that went nine and eight last year. They won nine games this year. They're in the playoffs. Like, there's not a lot of downside in that. And that's, I guess, part of my issue with Peyton, right? Is like he bailed on the Saints because he saw that roster and was like, oh no, this is going to be a disaster. And they are a disaster this year. Uh, somehow they're still in the uh, NFC South race because everyone else in that division also happens to be a disaster at the same time. Um, but to me, that's a guy who's just looking for sort of the easy job. That's why I would actually be surprised that everyone's linking him to the Broncos job. Would you, I don't know that Sean Payton wants that job. I look at it personally. All right? You think he wants the Colts job? It. I don't know why you would want to come to the Colts job. They've already said it. I don't think they're going to do it. They already said they're going to keep the general manager. I don't believe they're going to do it that though I don't think you can they don't have a quarterback they don't have a quarterback sitting there and I don't know about you but if I have my pick um I I don't I, I would I would bet on Russell Wilson more than I would bet on the Colts situation uh right now I would bet that Russell Wilson I can fix if I'm Sean Payton I, I'm just saying it in comparison Danny with the Colts job and where the Colts are right now you got Sam Ellinger and just when you thought the Colts quarterback and couldn't get worse, here came Nick Foles and he just kept throwing it to the other team. You know Which, by mean? the way, can we talk about their decision to start him the final two games after that? What was that? What are they doing? They have a thing where if, if Matt Ryan gets hurt and he can't make the roster next year, they owe him another $17 million. So the thought is that they are saying, all right, uh, we're not going to play Matt Ryan because Matt Ryan, if somebody hits him and, you know, he acts hurt, we got to pay 17 more million dollars. And I don't think they think Sam Ellinger's any good. So it's kind of like the worst of the worst, I, I guess. I don't I don't really have an answer other than the, the financials on, on Matt Ryan. That's the one reason, I guess. I guess why just why not play Sam Ellinger, even if he stinks. I mean, Nick Foles stinks. So it's not like, I mean, I, I don't I understand. Agree. Let me, let me ask you this. Let's go back to Sean Payton real quick. If I'm sure. Sean Payton, I go to San Diego because they got a quarterback. What other jobs? Let's say, for example, the Texans job comes open. Does Davis Mills inspire? No, not at all. 
Oh, I, I, I mean, those jobs. See, that's the thing. Those jobs don't exist. The job Sean Payton wants doesn't exist, which is you go into you you get Justin Herbert in your first season, who's who's in his third year. The job doesn't exist because the Chargers are in the playoffs again. Because of course they are. They have Justin Herbert, and that's the whole thing. Like that's why I think all those leaks started coming out about the Chargers job. Like let's get Chargers fans excited about the prospect of Sean Payton coming. They'll jump on Twitter. They'll start sending tweets about firing Brandon. They'll do our work for us. They'll get that job open for us. Now, I just think it's impossible. Like, I, I don't think you can fire Brandon Staley coming off a play. I mean, and no. man, unless they just get absolutely run over in the playoffs and he gets completely outclassed, which I don't think will happen, by the way. The Chargers, I, I want to give Brandon Staley some credit, too. Like, this is not just to say that Brandon Staley should keep his job just because they're winning. Because, you know, the argument I get, and even the, the one of the comments on my article was like, yeah, but he's a mediocre coach who hasn't elevated the team. Well, they've been injured. And I, I know I hate using injuries as an excuse because everybody's got injuries. But they have been decimated by injuries. And Justin Herbert played the middle of the season with broken ribs. And you could tell. And now he's healthy. And you can tell. And there's a difference. And they're playing a lot better. They're getting healthier. Like, let's give this team a chance. I I'd like to see what they can do in the playoffs. It'll be interesting to see where they wind up because they could end up with a pretty tough first-round matchup. I mean, right now it could be anyone from Kansas City, you know, trip to Kansas City, to Buffalo, to Cincinnati. Um, if they can win their last couple games. And this is where it gets interesting in the NFL, which is the Chargers have clinched a playoff spot. But, man, if I'm them, I'm fighting like hell to get into that five seed. If I can go to Jacksonville or go to Tennessee yes. in the first round – I'm trying to do everything I can do to get to that spot and not have to go to Cincinnati or Buffalo or Baltimore or Kansas City. Oh, I mean, let me tell you something. That That is like, God, please let me go to Jacksonville. I know you're great, Trevor Lawrence. I know you're outstanding. Yay, rah. Go fight, win, Doug Peterson. But give me that as opposed to whatever the hell I, – I call it Arrowhead. I don't know what the hell it's called. Or having to play the Ravens even or certainly – uh, go, go play the Bengals. I don't want no part of Joe Burrow. I don't want no part of Joe Burrow. None. Zero. No. I, and, and so that's where that's where it comes in. It'll be interesting to see how they approach these last couple weeks. And that's where we can kind of see where Brandon Staley's head's at. So like I said, let's, let's see where the guy's at. Um, I'm not firing him. No chance I'm firing him for Sean Payton. I would, I'll be interested to see if Peyton does take a job this offseason. I, I think you're right. I think the Broncos' job is probably intriguing because they have a quarterback. He's won with a Hall of Fame quarterback before. Um, it seems like Nathaniel Hackett just had absolutely no idea how to coach a football team, and especially with a guy like Russell Wilson, who it seems needs a very sturdy head coach. Like I, I think we actually have to give Pete Carroll some credit, and I think he's probably laughing his ass off in Seattle like, See, look what I had to deal with. It's like Mike Tomlin. Like, you see the Antonio Brown stuff now, and you're like, how the hell did Mike Tomlin keep that locker room together with that guy there? And it kind of makes you respect Mike Tomlin even more. Like, dang, that guy can coach. You know, Pete Carroll, you look at him like, man, he can coach. Like, all this stuff coming out of Denver where it's like, I saw something, what was it, they, the Broncos – Players want Russell to not have a parking spot or a private office or whatever. Right. It's like, what the hell's going on over there? So I think Peyton probably looks at that and goes like, oh, I can fix that. Like, I know how to handle that. Although, you know, Drew Brees, I think, is probably a lot lower maintenance than Russell Wilson. But um, that's not a terrible – but they're just – there are a lot of holes in that roster, man. Like, we, we, we tend to look at the quarterback position and go like, well, they got a quarterback, so that's enough. But, like, there are a lot of holes on that roster – 
And they have a lot of money tied up in Russell Wilson, too. So I don't know. It'd be interesting. I think that would be if he took that job, I would actually respect him for it because I think there's a lot of work to be done. And if he can get it done, then maybe I'll change my stance on Sean Payton. Danny, appreciate you, man. Thank you. Keep churning it out. It's great stuff. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. You got it. Uh, look, here's the deal. Uh, we're going to come back with What the Hell Wednesday. Do yourself a favor. Go follow Danny Zakshevsky, will you, please? I'll kick Danny Z. Just do it right now. Just, like, go. Go. Right now. Give him a follow. Read the stuff. You'll love it. And you'll say, God dang, Dockage, you are pretty smart. And I'll say, I know, because that's what I usually say when I give you smart stuff. I say, look, I know, quit, you know, don't, don't come at me. Just do what I tell you to do. I'll kick Dan Z. All right, we come back. We got What the Hell Wednesday. I got a dude that said he forgot his wife. Yeah, I was driving. We stopped to take a dump, and I forgot my wife. I don't know. I, something's fishy. All right, we'll be right back. Thank you. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Welcome back. What a great day we've had so far today. And, of course, it is Wednesday. And that, ladies and gentlemen, means what the hell Wednesday. I'm calling, and I want you all to listen to this. I want you all to listen to this story. This is a story about a husband who left his wife, I want to get this right, on the side of the road in a jungle by mistake after taking a bathroom break. Now, the lady had to walk 13 miles. A Thailand man, 55-year-old Boontam Chaimun, was traveling with his wife, Amori. They were going back to their home, <clears throat> hometown for the holidays when suddenly Boomtum had to go to the bathroom. Now, look, if you travel with me, you know that this is a common occurrence. He pulled over on the side of the road of a jungle to relieve himself. His wife was not happy. She questioned why he just didn't drive to a gas station. My wife, I don't know about your wife, but my wife has stopped questioning these things. She understands that men our age, he's 55, I'm 60, when you got to go, you got to go. All right. While, uh, while Boomtown was doing his business, she, his wife, said she was going to use the makeshift bathroom. Boomtown says he didn't hear her say that. He just started driving and driving and driving and driving, thinking she had gone into the back seat and fallen asleep. Now, this is where you say, do you think that's even true? Let's go through this. I'm going potty. She says she's going potty. We're in a damn jungle. Let me add to it. Boomtown left his wife, Amore, in a jungle, 12 miles, 13 miles from the nearest town. It gets even worse, in the middle of the night. Now, I want to stress, there is right behind our little house here, there is woods. And I always ask the kids, what do you think is in there? Is there a sloth? Are there panthers? Are there alligators? I don't know. She had to walk to the nearest town, which was 12 miles away, in the middle of a freaking Thailand jungle. 
When she arrived in town, Amore went to the police station to try to contact her husband. She forgot her cell in her purse, which was in the back seat of the car. She didn't have her husband's number memorized. I don't have my wife's number memorized, although I think I do. So it took hours to get in touch with her husband. He had driven all the way 100 miles away. Boomtown turned around and picked up his wife. She told Amore did, local reporter, she ain't mad at him. She ain't mad at him. But I got to tell you, in the moral of the story, according to our writer, the great Mike Gunzelman, at least it was better than flying Southwest Airlines. And I think with that, we can all agree. By the way, Southwest, what are you doing? I mean, Pete Buttigieg had to get done breastfeeding to come and make a freaking call, had to make a tweet. I mean, Pete Buttigieg is on his 72nd straight week of maternity leave. He's got to breastfeed, and you guys are blanking him off to the point where he's actually got to do his job. What are we talking about? All right. Miles Bridges is set for an NBA return after allegedly beating his wife in front of their kids. Now, I've always said this. I've always said, number one, Miles Bridges has no game. He can shoot jump shots. He's gotten better, whatever. Uh, number two, um, I don't know what happens when the door of your house closes. I don't know what happens when my neighbor's door closed, my brother's door, my parents' door. I don't know what happens. Just like you don't know what happens when the front door of my house closes. But I will say this. Under no circumstance should a man, particularly, particularly a man of that size, ever hit a woman. Now, somebody, I know how my words get parts, particularly in the local paper. They're going to say, well, what does the size matter? It doesn't. But Miles Bridge is a big dude. It's not like Miles Bridges is some little dude and his wife who allegedly struck him. I think that's in the, in, in the police report. Or if it's not, I was told that by two people that really know the situation. But again, it doesn't matter. I've told you this. I will tell you this. I will never stop telling you this. When your wife, girlfriend, partner, whatever you call her, gets mad, wants to hit you, lock yourself in the bathroom. I told my players this. I've never really had to do this because here's the deal. What do you do after you strike a woman? What's your move? Explain it to them. Oh, I'm sorry, really? That's not something you're ever coming back from. Well, I was drunk. I don't care. That's not something that you will ever come back from. And when I say ever, I mean in your spouse, girlfriend, fiance, partner's mind. It will always be in the back of her mind. So, ladies and gentlemen, here's what you do. You put your hands in your pockets and you take a beating. If your wife is violent, and there have been reports that these two have fought often and have a bit of a tumultuous relationship, that does not give you the excuse, Miles Bridges or anybody, to put your hands on your lady, ever. Never, ever. You put your hands in your pockets. You lock yourself in a room. You lock yourself in a bathroom. You take yourself out of the situation. You know, Chris Beard, all of a sudden, his fiance is coming out and saying, well, he really didn't strangle me. Well, I got to tell you, first thing you're going to read about that is that's classic battered wife response. Doesn't want to hurt 
the perpetrator. I don't know what happened in Chris Beard's house. I don't know what happened in Miles Bridges' house, but I know this. Both had visible bruising. Both had visible uh, evidence of some type of physical confrontation. I don't care who you are, what you are, what you think you are, how important you are, how big little talk. You don't ever touch a woman. You just don't. Well, it's a tumultuous relate. I don't care. You don't ever touch a woman. Ever. And when I say ever, I mean ever. Ever. There you go. All right. Various media outlets citing an FEC document that Mike Pence has filed to run for president in 2024. His team suggests it was a prank that someone else filed it. Let me explain something to you about Mike Pence. He would never win the presidency. But I do think it's important. I think it's very important that Mike Pence, very important, that Mike Pence is involved in a national conversation. Like, look, I get it. Mike Pence might be, might be a punchline to you. But to a lot of people, and I'm not a Mike Pence guy, okay? I'm not a, um, I'm not a, hey, look, Mike Pence is the greatest thing of all time guy. I'm not that guy. But I do think Mike Pence brings an interesting conservative perspective. I think Mike Pence brings a family value perspective, whether he admits to it, lives it or not. I don't know, but he sure seems to. You got to understand Mike Pence was a radio host uh, for Emma's Communications, same building that I was. And when I first started 14 years ago, I was actually scheduled to do a Salvation Army a uh, couple hours out front with Mike Pence. I think something happened relative to maybe he got announced as vice president. Heck, I don't know. I, I can't remember. Or he moved up into some kind of role. I don't know. But he went from a radio host. But I think Mike Pence's conservative values would make for an interesting conversation. I do. I think that it would be something that people would make fun of because that's what we always seem to do. But I also think it would be something where, you know what? People would say, I'm interested. I'm fascinated. You guys might not. And I don't know what happened here. I do know this. Mike Pence is a political lion. He is someone that understands politics. I mean, to the nth degree. So whatever happened here could be one of a couple things. Maybe he did file. Maybe he saw the reaction. Maybe he said it wasn't him. Or maybe it was simply a prank. I don't have the answer to that. But I do want Mike Pence to run. I do want Mike Pence, and I want his conversation out there. We can't all think the same. We can't all acquiesce in politics. We can't all try to not be called racist, not be called phobic, not be called this, because if you try not to, you're going to be insane. Because anything that you say relative to anybody, it doesn't matter. If you don't say a man can get pregnant, well, you're transphobic. Hey, look, I don't think a dude, a biological dude can get pregnant, at least not in my lifetime, maybe later. So again, make fun of Mike Pence if you would like. Say whatever you would like about Mike Pence, but I think he needs to be in the conversation. I just do. All right, listen to this one. A California man. Everybody says it only happens in California. 
But a California man, some guy in Santa Cruz, California, decided it would be a good idea. And listen to this. He wanted, for whatever the reason, to put parking tickets on your car at the beach. So you're at the beach. You're enjoying a day at the beach. All of a sudden, wait a second here. I got a parking ticket. However, when you look at the parking ticket, it's a fake. The Santa Cruz police had to come out with a statement saying, if you've received a parking ticket recently, check the fine print. Santa Cruz police arrested a suspect for recently issuing fraudulent parking tickets in the city. Now, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, it's one thing to act like you're a cop to get through traffic. You know, you put a fake red light on and you want to get home. I get that. But this was some 19-year-old, Damian Vella. He's from a nearby town. I don't know what he was thinking. But Vella decided, I am going to go out, get parking tickets. People are going to pay at the address, and they're going to pay me. That's why the man did it. He said he received no money. He said, yeah, um, he dished out, hadn't received payment. And if it's genius, let's be honest. In a world where criminals are getting more brazen and dumber, you know, they run in, they steal stuff, they run out. This guy, Vela, decided, you know what? I am going to become the law. I'm going to become, I'm Andy Griffin. I'm going to become the law around these parts. I'm going to become the guy that decides who gets a parking ticket, and they're paying me. Screw the Santa Cruz Metropolitan Police Force. Screw the taxpayers. Dylan, show the picture of your parking ticket, a real parking ticket that you actually paid in the great city of Nash Vegas. There it is. All right. It, the parking ticket that this guy put out, I don't know. Um, citation. I got to tell you, though, it looks real. It does. It looks real. It doesn't look real when compared to the actual ticket. Like, if you look at Dylan's ticket, it's much more involved. But, hey, guy's engineer, guy has some brains. Guy knows. He knows. Let's put the parking ticket out there. Let's see if anyone pays me. And let's see what in the Sam Hill happens around these parts. I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you even a little bit. I think it's freaking genius. I do. There's nothing wrong with that. Not a damn thing. I'll give you another what the hell from yesterday. And this is something that I got to tell you. Uh, I'm not sure I thought I would ever see. Did you guys know that Luka Doncic had 60 points, 21 rebounds, and 10 assists? Did you guys know this? Did you know this? I'll give you another what the hell. I'm playing golf yesterday, I'm pl or two days ago or whenever it was, and I saw a nine-foot alligator. I did. It maybe was longer than nine feet. I'm going to send the picture to Dylan and Ryan. And you're not going to believe the size of this alligator. I'm telling you, this alligator was so freaking big. And part of its tail looks like it's bit off. 
but it's not. And it was just sitting right there on the side. And I got to tell you, it scared the living hell out of me. I just sent it to you guys. I meant to send it earlier. This thing was so freaking big that I literally was telling these guys, I, I'm going on the other side. I'm hitting my ball to the other side. When you're sitting there and next thing you know, oh, well, for some reason, nothing's sending out of my house here. But when you're sitting there and you're playing golf and you see a nine-foot alligator, I, I don't know about you guys, but it scares the living hell out of me. It does. And I went and looked and I went, oh, 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 and I walked backwards because I wanted to see this nine-foot alligator. I didn't need a nine-foot alligator coming at me, not today, not tomorrow, not the next day. All right, we'll show the alligator here in a minute. But Dylan, Ryan, Cor, everybody, we got a woke adult. I love our woke adults. Who is today? Oh, baby, I got to see this one. We're nuts. We're nuts in this world. Are we insane in this world? Like, like seriously, are we just completely and totally insane? Keep that up there uh, for a minute, if you don't mind. Give yourself a good read on this one, if you don't mind. Give a good read. Pedo feels and predators are people. Not boogeyman under the bed. Not Mac wearing flashers in the street, faceless and nameless. They are our family, friends and colleagues. They are not scary monsters. They are people who abuse. It's uncomfortable to humanize them because I don't even care about because you're an idiot. What is wrong with people? How can people possibly become so ridiculous that they actually feel this way? Can somebody explain that to me? Is there anybody alive that can explain Karen Adam? This has to be, has to be a fake account. This has to be something that isn't real. I want you to think about this just for a second. This is a person that is a member of the Scottish Parliament. She is a mother. She is a nana. And this is what she says. This is what she said. It's unfreaking believable. I got to tell you, I am of a different opinion. I think pedophiles and I think predators should be locked up forever. I think people that prey on children should be locked up forever. I think people that prey on women should be locked up forever. This isn't to be debated. There isn't something here that should be or could be or might be debated. No, this is pure evil. This is pure insanity. And I said this earlier, to live in our society as a normal thinking human being, it is getting to the point where you must, you must think insane. Like there will be people and there are people that defend this idiot. There are people that will say, well, yes, we must. No, I'm not humanizing them. I don't care what anybody says. I will fight that loudly and proudly not to humanize child molesters, predators, and pedophiles. That, to me, seems just logical, common sense, and being a human being. If they are sick, great. 
Get them away from society and get them help. If they are pure evil, lock them up. And anything other than that is insanity to me. But again, we all must be insane to think rationally. Period. Jeez, what is wrong? Uh, a man in Florida, and this was not me, I want to make this very clear, was arrested in an Easter Bunny outfit. He hit and ran, but he was wearing an Easter Bunny outfit. Now, look, he's coming back from a costume party. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but that's what he was doing. Look, if you're going to get arrested, and this is why your mother always told you to wear clean socks and stuff like that, okay? She always said, wear clean stuff. Always look presentable because you never know why you're going to get arrested or how you're going to get arrested or when you're going to get arrested or when you're going to get in a crash. Easter Bunny suit? Uh, I don't know. There's a pro football, true story, a pro football coach who's been arrested for driving through the Wendy's or McDonald's or Burger King naked. Yep, I said it, naked. He just getting a sando, ain't got no drawers on, ain't got no shirt on, it's about three in the morning or whatever, and they look and he was naked. Always wear clean underwear, kids. All right, let me show you the gators that were on the side of the mountain. Now, what would you do with this? That thing is sitting there. And I got close enough to take that picture. I took another one from the front. But that bad boy is sitting there. Now, I know what you're going to say, because every adult male acts like a bounty hunter. Every adult male thinks that they're that Irvin guy. Well, guess what? That Irvin guy got stung by a stingray. So don't even try it. But every guy, well, you know, you know, they're not going to hurt you. They're just sunning themselves unless you bother them. Really? Really? Well, all right, but when you look at the jaws on that thing, that thing, according to the caddy that we had, that thing that I just showed you, it legitimately, ladies and gentlemen, ate a six-foot alligator, again, according to the guys that were the caddies. Now, I'm just going to tell you this. If it eats a six-foot alligator, it'll eat me. It will. It'll eat me. And I got a little video of it, too. Now, was it scary? No, because it really didn't move. But there you go. I ain't no crocodile Dundee. That's pretty good. I ain't no crocodile Dundee. I don't want to be crocodile Dundee. I don't want to be nothing. All I want to do is stay the hell away from gators, period. That's it, period. I don't want to go buy them. I don't want to go near them. I don't want to see them. Maybe you do. All right. Last thing before I let you all go. Um, Monday, I'm going to be Outkick 360. Make damn sure that you join us. It's going to be me, and it's going to be Jonathan, and we're going to have a really, 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 really good time. The Twitter poll today. Uh, will Ed Reed live up to the HBCU expectations of Deion Sanders? I hope he does. I hope he does. 
I do. Uh, Mike Cole says, I don't know if you're going off the air pretty soon, but I have a little bit of fun today for a change. Tell me. Dan, only, I don't know what that means, so I'm not going to say it. I'm, I'm not. What is, the YouTube chat is out of its mind. Jennifer's talking about her uterus. Uh, there we go. I'm, I don't know anything about that. No. Uh, Boris says, the guy that gave the parking tickets made no money, so he's not a genius. I agree with that. But you got to think there is somewhere in the back of your head a little bit of smarts to be able, ladies and gentlemen, to put out parking tickets that look real enough. Now, it's a stupid move because if I'm a, if I'm a meter maid, if I'm the guy on Santa Cruz and I see parking tickets that aren't ours, it's the easiest scam in the world to catch. There's nothing hard about this. There's zero difficult about this. But I got to tell you, I got to tell you, um, guy got caught. Guy's probably not going to jail because I don't know that, you know, anybody really goes to jail anymore for anything. But yeah. All right. I want everybody to have a great afternoon. I would like, because I have not researched this, you have, I would like for somebody somewhere to tell me who am I betting on? I'm going to bet Old Miss tonight. I'm going to bet uh, the other games, I'm going to take Arkansas, although Arkansas has 20 people in the portal. The leader in the clubhouse with 22 is Texas A&M. Arkansas is on the list of most players in the portal. Duke is a favorite over UCF. I have no idea which way to go, but I got to tell you, I'm very excited that we are talking about bowl games on a Wednesday in the middle of the freaking afternoon, and it's only going to get better tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, and, of course, all day New Year's Day. Have a Luka Doncic kind of day, everybody. Dockage out. See you. Look at there. Yeah. Yeah, there he is. Man, that's a bad head. Crocodile Dundee ain't got nothing on me, people. <laughs> Have a great afternoon, everybody.